struggling to make ourselves heard, welcome to Hand of Pod. Welcome to episode 338 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by English Dan. Hello and welcome. And Andres. Hello and also welcome. Welcome back, gents. Um, this week we are talking about three quarters of the Copa Superliga quarterfinals. Half. Well, no, sort of three quarters because three quarters of the games have been played, but we don't know three quarters of the results because only two of them have actually finished. So they've played. The whole of the first legs and then half of the second legs, so it's three quarters off the first Oh, I got you, I got you. But annoyingly, because the people who organise the Copa Superliga uh, don't think about English language football podcasts recorded in Argentina, which Definitely. have to be recorded in the middle of the week. Nor people who have to write newspaper columns ahead of Friday and will have to finish it after the final whistle on Thursday evening. Indeed. So, oh, fuck you. Um, the idea for these uh, quarterfinals was always that the first legs were going to be played on Saturday and Sunday, and that the second legs were going to be played on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. So I was all ready um, to record 338, uh, hand the pod 338, on Thursday evening, knowing all of the results. And then for some reason, last week, as I think we mentioned on last week's episode, um, the Superliga decided to announce last Tuesday that this week's second legs would be recorded, uh, would be played on Tuesday and Thursday instead, because of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the sort of uh, last-minute planning that people like Fanatis have to deal with all the time. Fanatis is an excellent uh, group of people, and they allow you, if you're outside Latin America, to watch the Copa Superliga with all of its unpredictableness. Um, as well as the Superliga, the Copa Argentina, uh, various other South American domestic competitions. And if you're lucky enough to live in the United States of America, the freest country in the world, you can also catch um, the Copa Libertadores, the Copa Sudamericana, and a whole bunch of other competitions live uh, via their tie-ins with Gold TV and Be In Sports. You can check them out at fntz.co slash hop and if you use the discount code hopfz you will get 20% off your first three months with them as a result of their very kind sponsorship of Hand of Pod Uh, so thank you very much Fanatis I will now give you the results that we know of so far from the Copa Superliga they are as follows on Saturday in the first legs Tigre got a 2-0 win at home to Racing and Atletico Tucumán got a 3-0 win at home to River Plate. Um, and on Sunday, in the first two legs, Argentino Juniors versus Gimnasia and Dele Sarsfield versus Boca Juniors both ended goalless, obviously. Although, although in the latter of those, at least, the 0 nil's a little bit misleading because it wasn't actually a bad game. It could have been... There could have been goals. Yeah, there could have been. Mostly but we'll talk for, about that in a little while, I'm guessing. Mostly for Belles, as we'll discuss in a yes. minute. But um, it, it was a fairly good game. Um, in the second legs that were played on Tuesday, Racing were 
heading for penalties against Tigre up until the last minute when Matias Perez Acuna popped up with a consolation on the evening, but more importantly, a winner on aggregate for Tigre to send them through 3-2 on aggregate. And it was not quite as late, but a not entirely dissimilar story um, for River Plate, who thrashed Atletico Tucumán 4-1, but thanks to uh, Javier Toledo's 50th minute um, goal, lost uh, no, they didn't. Sorry, they drew 4-4 on aggregate and went out on away goals. Indeed. So those are the two results that we know about so far. It means that the first semi-final, which I assume is going to be the one played on Saturday, um, is going to be Tigre versus Atletico Tucumán. And it means that the other semi-final is the one that's still most up in the air, which is quite annoying from our <laughs> point of view because we don't know whether we're previewing Gimnasia versus Vélez, Argentinos versus Vélez, Gimnasia versus Boca or Argentinos versus Boca as the Sunday semi-final. Um, but what have we made of the, uh, the the matches that we've seen so far, gents? Well, it was really a, a tale of two almost comebacks since, of course, comebacks are very much in vogue in the world of football right now. We saw it in the Champions League. Um, and the Copa Superliga had two upsets, I guess you could say, with both clubs who you would have probably expected to win. I think taking it far too easy in the first leg and not quite doing enough to, to make amends on home soil. I think I didn't see the first leg of the River game, I must admit, but with a cursory look at the scoreline, I'm guessing I'm not too far off with that analysis. No, I think that 2-0 down, River had a couple of chances to yeah. maybe pull one back and make it 2-1 and then they got hit quite late on the counter-attack. Um, Javier Toledo's second goal of the first leg um, mm-hmm. came about 10 minutes, 11 minutes or so from the end. Um, but overall, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree, yeah. neither Racing nor River were good enough, particularly in those first legs, um, no. to have got something from matches, which they, they really should have done. I mean, neither Atletico Tucumán nor Tigre are bad teams, in spite of the mm-hmm. fact that Tigre got relegated. You know, we feel like we've been discussing this every week since <laughs> it happened. Uh, but they are actually quite a handy team. Uh, as epitomised, in fact, by the fact that River now want to sign their uh, 35-year-old playmaker, Walter Montillo. Indeed. Instead of any of the other number of rather younger players that Tigre <laughs> have, who could also do a job, in my opinion, at a big five club. Yeah. Lucas Hanson, Lucas Menossi, neither yeah. of the Lucas brothers. Well, Montillo's an interesting one for River, I must admit. He kind of fits the profile of kind of someone who's, who's going to be in the middle of the pitch, directing play, and might not be... The most mobile. I don't think he's any less mobile, for example, than Juan Quintero, despite being about 15 years older. Um, I could, I could see it working like a six-month deal to see out the the knockout stages of the Libertadores. If I was in charge of River, I'd say, why the hell not? What mm. have I got to lose? And going back to the games, uh, if you'll allow me to to push this back to Racing, because I know Andres is. Dying to get his word in on River, but I'll, I'll get in my, my Racing commentary first, if that's okay. Um, yeah, in the first leg, I think it was a case of uh, Racing taking it far too easy, and, which is, I guess, kind of understandable. They um, recently crowned the uh, Superliga champions. This competition, as with a couple of other clubs, uh, River Boca is not going to aid them in... For anything other than prestige, given the fact that they're already in the Libertadores. We've already seen one of the Libertadores participants go out in Defensa Justicia and they went out with 
with quite a whimper as well, I think that's fair to say. And yeah, and, and Tigre, for Levantage, I thought they were, were very impressive at home. Um, Montilla's goal was, was extremely opportunistic. Uh, it came from a pretty nasty defensive cock-up by, by Racing, but he finished it with a plum. And yeah, and Fede Gonzalez came through in the final minutes to, to tell him what would have been a pretty decent result for, uh, for Racing at 1-0 given the level of their performance into a two-goal deficit, which is always difficult to turn around. Now, uh, we were all pretty pessimistic, but they did the damn best to turn it around in Avicenia last night, uh, in a game where players were just dropping like flies. You know, there were six substitutions, uh, all of them for injury. Good grief. Yep. I, I missed it, I have to say. I was hoping to catch it being replayed this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the only one that was being replayed was the River game. Yes, on on the television. Uh, so this can... yeah, this explains why I've been bombarding you the last couple of days with people saying that this is because the fixture list is too cluttered, and obviously Argentine teams are playing far too many games. Given the fact they've just come out of a long tournament and now they have to play a cup, <laughs> which is clearly absolute crap. But yeah, the the injuries came thick and fast and really did hurt Racing in the end. They just got Lissandro Lopez back for the first time in this Copa Superliga. He'd been injured. Um, he was excellent for the time he was on the field, scored the equaliser, I think, was it at the end of the first half? Yeah, or 36, 36 minutes in. And that was about his last action of the game because he came off fairly rapidly after that. And that plus kind of the change in mentality, which is kind of now having to think of a game which is level rather than just crazily chasing a result. Made Racing hesitate a little bit. Um, they had to, to rebuild the team and, and make a few changes. And it didn't really come off. You got the feeling that in the end, uh, Racing would have been would have been happy to go to penalties. Uh, Tigre, Tigre too, I guess. They were, like, they were looking a bit, a bit more... More threatening on the break, but not making that much until the very last minute when um, uh, Perez Acuna got a fairly lucky break, a ball over the top, which was nodded into his path, and and he finished very nicely to to put Tigre ahead. And with the away goals, it really was curtains. There was no way Racing were going to get it back. Yeah, but, particularly coming yeah. out late, right? Because it meant Racing had to score they had twice scored, in the last yes, they had to get well, stoppage time, yes. essentially. And it was never going to happen. Although Svitanic, Dario Svitanic, uh, headed one onto the bar a few seconds after, which would have made for a pretty frantic last few seconds if that had gone in. But it wouldn't to be. But from Racing's point of view, at least, they, I think they... Uh, they repaired a few kind of wounded wounded egos after after that first defeat. It's only the second of 2019 after the the River defeat. Um, broke kind of a winless run, uh, which had stretched from the end of this season and through the first couple of couple oh, Super League right. matches. Five five straight games was without a win, wasn't it? Five, yeah, something like that. Two of which obviously were the, end, the tail end of the league season after having wrapped the title up. Or one was to wrap the title up, up and, yeah, the, the, and the last was a dead rubber, yeah. So it's a little bit misleading, but yeah, it's a game that, you know, at least you sign off winning in front of your own fans and now Racing can just look to this big old break they've got now until the next season next season, in whatever guys it might take uh, begins. 
you mentioned the, the injured injuries and, and one of those of course we will talk about this later uh, but one of those injuries that player will, uh, will that injury will make that player to be out of the list of the for it's sure. not out yet, yet but it's not looking good that's um, Matias Saracho uh, Racing's 20 or 21 year old midfielder who was included in uh, Argentina's shortlist for the Copa America and to celebrate promptly went out and uh, suffered a strained or or torn muscle of some sort so yeah he's looking at three or four weeks out and realistically it's going to be very hard for him to come back considering as well the competition in, in the midfield we will of course be talking about that preliminary list uh, a little bit later uh, along with another preliminary list which we might not actually be able to talk about all that much uh, because Tony's not here but we'll have a go anyway um, and yeah moving on yes um, I th- I'm wondering whether to no I th- we're going to come back to the, the fixture congestion point because it's something that I know that certainly you and I have opinions on Dan and I think that uh, although we were arguing a little bit for fun on Twitter earlier I suspect we actually agree with each other rather more than we disagree um, so let's talk about River first and then we will swing back to the whole fixture That's congestion it. thing which came about because of something Eduardo Caldet said after the Racing defeat or win slash defeat um, but which sort of applies to every club in Argentina as well and there was also a bit of a debate after the River game which I suspect wouldn't have become a debate if it hadn't been for the fact that it was the River game that caused it mm. if you see what I mean I'm talking about the away goals conversation that's for some reason just come up 15 years after away goals were introduced into South American competition <laughs> um, but yeah River just weren't quite good enough were they? Yes. And sorry, but we have you, even different uh, 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 this, uh, decisions depending on the competitions uh, that are, are being played. Because, for example, I, I don't know whether we talked about this in the previous episode, but for example, for the playoffs of the National B, there are no go- away goals. It's the, the advantage is for the team that uh, ended with the best position in the table. Mm. Uh, for example, uh, I, I think this is not new. But uh, for Copa La Superliga, away goals count, and that mm-hmm. prevented River, of, of course, and Racing from at least going to penalties. Well, in the case of Racing, it wasn't, but in the case of River, to at least go to penalties, for example. But this is it, and, and the away goals were stated, uh, or, or, or it was said, of course, before, and, and now we can't say, oh, but it was away goals. Of course, you, you watch, uh, if you watch play River last night, it was a pity for them to be eliminated, but the rules are the rules, and and, and this is it. But yeah. uh, I think that in the overall Copa Superliga, for the in the for the point of view of a neutral supporter, it was good for for them to see that Atletico Tucumán and Tigre uh, outstanding uh, River and Racing and as the smaller clubs or teams. Yeah, I think it was the kind of game that um, any new cup needs, right? Uh, kind of get a bit of buzz around it some high scoring games some and, and also some tension and also one of the biggest clubs in it taking it really seriously and clearly going for it because uh, I, as I said I didn't actually see the Racing game but I had uh, somebody on my, on my Twitter timeline shortly before it who I assume was watching on the TV and was asking why the crowd didn't seem that up for it for Racing and I said well they've just won the league title 
Mm. So this thing that they're not necessarily all that bothered about probably isn't going to get Hearts racing quite yeah, much because it's midweek. And midweek he, at 7pm, like, it's not easy to get to Avachan here no, exactly. for 7pm. And he responded, <laughs> he responded with, well, we'll see how River are later on. Yeah. And about five minutes into the, to the River match, he tweeted me back to say, no, OK, this, this is a bit, like, they're clearly taking it much more seriously. Um, and I think when, you know, a, a club River's size are obviously taking it seriously, I presume that we'll see the same um, in the Bombonera tomorrow uh, with Boca. Um, it, it does help to add that little bit extra to it. Um, yeah. As it does, as Andres says, the fact that two of the, let's say, less fancied sides, but still, as I said, pretty decent sides, mm-hmm. um, managed to, to get through. I think it was apparent within about the first 20 minutes of River versus Atletico Tucumán, River versus Atletico Tucumán, that River were going to overturn that first leg deficit um, at some point in the match, not necessarily that they were going to go through. Uh, I saw a couple of comments about it being similar to the last time that River lost a first leg of a knockout competition away from home by three goals to nil, which was the 2017, wasn't it? Copa Libertadores against Jorge Wilstermann, which didn't go entirely well for Wilstermann in the second leg. Uh, that was the match when Nacho, was it? Nacho Coco scored five and River won eight nil. Um, it wasn't, in, even accounting for the fact that Atletico Tucumán are a better team than Jorge Wilstermann, it wasn't account. To, uh, it wasn't um, quite on that level for River. Uh, in that game, River were completely dominant. They had something like twenty shots in the first half alone. Uh, Winston didn't manage a shot in the first half, and I don't think had one on target the whole game. Whereas Atletico Tucumán had a, like there was a free kick, there was a counter attack towards the end of the first half, uh, which forced Franco Armani into a save. They had at least those two shots, and I think another one at some point on target just before half time. Um, I think the difference. And the, the, go on. Sorry, I think the difference between the Wilson Wilson match and the Tucumán match at the monumental was that you knew that Jorge Wilson wouldn't get through the center, hmm. the middle of, of the of the pitch, and and the Tucumán were dangerous in that aspect. Uh, Precisely, yeah. But uh, the, the the feeling was even that River were the the only team in the in the match, and and, and it was that, like they needed to do that. Yeah, uh, and, and of course we we know and we we talked about this that River at least with Gallardo in the bench uh, is place like this when they have to uh, or they need that achievement or that uh, that smells like an achievement with scoring a lot of goals or or, or, yeah. or press hard uh, and I think in this draw or, or in this playoff it's the first time it's not that it's the only responsible and he's not to blame but. Mm. We have to mention Armani as a player that had to do with River elimination with the blooper he made uh, in the in Tucumán. Then you had another 90 minutes, of course, to to uh, and, and River was close to to make it to uh, get that result, uh, uh, turn over that, that result. But it was strange for him as a as a as a goalkeeper that was uh, compared to Superman, mm. m- more or less. Uh, to, to make a mistake like that, but uh, then of course River were did the best they could. Uh, yesterday it was uh, a, a first half in which the team was uh, the, the crowd said goodbye with a standing ovation, and, and it doesn't uh, happen so often. Even when they are supporters and, and, and they are not the proof to analyze the, the quality of the game. Uh, but yes, they did what they could, and, and it was they were just this for them to achieve 
what would have been a, a glorious um, a playoff. It was enough. It wasn't enough. But uh, uh, in the first in the first uh, leg, River played that match quite similarly to the ones they played uh, in the first uh, matches in the of the year mm. when they came back from the uh, United Arab Emirates. Uh, playing the Club World Cup and they were like slow with no reaction, very n uh, not focused, and and well, of course, with a, a team like Atletico Tucumán, which are uh, they they are, take advantage of every chance they have. Mm. It was really something very very uh, hard. hard yeah. To yeah. Uh, my my point about the the wisdom and mode, as it were. Um, it's it's just that I mean, at half time of the wisdom and game, River were already four 0 up on the night. Therefore, they'd already turned over the aggregate completely. And there was absolutely no hope. I mean, you could tell from watching the first half, Winston Man aren't going to get an away goal here. Whereas that was kind of the opposite, I thought, last night. River were 2-0 up on the night. As I said, very much thinking, well, they're clearly going to overturn the aggregate advantage at some point. Um, but then they just fell asleep five minutes into the second half. Was it a corner, if I remember right? Yes. From um, Javier Toledo to snatch the goal that Atletico Tucumán needed which made River's task that much, um, that much more difficult. Mm. Uh, and although they did end up getting the aggregate draw, it just it wasn't quite enough. Um, so well done, Atletico Tucumán. They've, they've done a really good job. And I continue to say, in fact, even if River had got through, um, as, as I've said a few times recently, I'm more, these days I'm more of a River sympathiser than a River fan. Uh, I think if this semi-final had been Tigre against River, I would still have been supporting Tigre in the semi, because I've... Since the, the Super Copa, uh, the Copa Superliga started, and we looked into the regulations and discovered that if Tigre qualified for the Libertadores by virtue of winning the Copa Superliga, then they'll be allowed to play in it in spite of their relegation. I've been hoping that that's what happens in order to continue to show up the Promedios for the ridiculous uh, relegation system that they are. Um, so, I mean, obviously, now the River are out. 110% behind the idea of Tigre winning the Copa Superliga. They just need to get into the final, right? Uh, the final yes, of at least which, sort which of gonna be easy. Yeah. No, because the exception in the regulations for uh, teams getting relegated and then qualifying is if they win either this year's Libertadores, uh, this year's um, Copa Sudamerica, sorry, Sudamericana, mm -hmm. uh, this year's Copa Argentina or the Copa Superliga. If they win one of those and as a result qualify for something whilst being relegated, then there is an exception in the AFA's regulations for this season and in the Superliga's regulations for this season, which allows them to play next year's Libertadores. But there's no such exception, at least in the regulations, for if you qualify by being the runner-up for one of those competitions. I think they might one, so though, right? Because otherwise might, it'd be ridiculous. It might very well be one of those situations where if it ends up happening... Then we'll cross go, that bridge when oh, they yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. But the definite thing is that if, as far as the regulations state, at least the definite thing, and when we're talking, this is definite according to the regulations in South America, it's still very much up in the air. Um, but is that uh, if Tigre win the Copa Superliga, then they will be playing in next year's Libertadores from it the is. second division. Should we look at the boring side of the draw now? Uh, we can look at yes. Yeah, so I don't know whether the boring side, but the as yet unresolved side still. Well, um, no goal compared to. Um, what, a billion goals in, on the other side? Yeah, I mean, zero on, on the other? At, at half-time of the... Uh, after the first legs had all been played, it was basically Tigre and Atletico Tucumán 5, everyone else nil. Yes. Um, and that's largely because of Argentinos Gimnasia and Vélez Boca being a bit duller. Um, Argentinos Gimnasia in particular... I didn't watch it, it must have been. It wasn't... I mean, it wasn't absolutely awful, but it wasn't 
good either. It, it was better than you know the Argentinos matches against San Lorenzo, which which got them this far. I mean, um, never put money on those yeah. two teams being in the quarterfinals either, right? After the pretty crappy Superliga well, campaigns. Well, Argentinos finished bottom for one. Yeah, but Argentinos <laughs> were, were, were playing They got San better after, after Christmas. And yeah. I, I wasn't too surprised that Argentinos got past San Lorenzo, but of course, yeah. Ignacio managing two wins against Defensa y Justicia was, was a much more surprising result in the first round um, of the competition. There's not really an awful lot to say about that one, though, no. um, that I can think of. Someone got sent off. Uh, one of the gymnasia players I think if I remember rightly and that, that was about as much about as it. I can remember yeah. the other one was a little bit more entertaining as nil nils go it was an entertaining one well it started the big story before I'm sure you mentioned it on last week's pod was Juan Mauro Zarate yes. going back to the club he was who once adored him as they do with all the Zarate dynasty uh, but now love him because he left them last year to, to kind of see out his best years at a club who were actually paying him a, a decent wage. Mm. The nerve of it. Um, but it was pretty low-key, right, in the end. Um, a little bit of jeering, a few boos, but he didn't get killed. I mean, the biggest, headlines, the, the biggest headlines were caused by the National Anthem getting booed. Oh, what was that over. about? Oh. Well, they were all too busy booing Saturday yeah. to, while, while the anthem was being played. Oh. Um, so the weird thing, this is something actually that I, I wanted to mention at some point in this podcast. All four of the first legs... Uh, on Saturday and Sunday, had the national anthem played before them by marching bands on the pitch. Because Saturday was, was I'm not making this up, National National Anthem Day in Argentina. Um, And as I said on Twitter, I get laughed at by some of my friends here for suggesting that Argentina has too many national something days. Uh, I think that the fact that there is a National National Anthem Day proves my point, personally. As somebody especially who finds national anthems a bit silly. Um, so we have Proclamation of Independence Day, we have <laughs> Independence Day, we have Flag Day, we have Anthem Day. Uh, and there's at least one more patriotic holiday. San Martin's birthday, possibly? Yeah, yeah there's, San Martin's birthday is definitely one. <laughs> uh, and then I'm sure that there are some others as well. There's but a few more, yeah. Anyway, they were playing the national anthem and lots of Belles fans, or I, I guess a few Belles fans, particularly noisily, uh, decided to continue chanting about Mauro Sarate's mum and sister. Um, and as a result, lots of people online got really, really cross. I, I was moved to note, however, that I don't see as many people getting upset when the Barra Bravas carry on playing their drums over minute silences. No. Um, for people who've died or whatnot. So, I don't know. As I said, I wasn't really that, but I found it Storm quite amusing. Um, it could have been worse, but, yeah. considering how much all the kind of uh, in inverted commas mainstream media was building up this this blood feud before Indeed, it yeah. kicked off I mean I, I'm led to believe that Boca Juniors starting 11 actually consisted of 10 other players apart from Mauro Sarate but it was difficult to find much coverage of it last week Indeed. Um, and in fact it was difficult to find much evidence of it once the match got underway because in many ways no I'm being a little bit harsh on the rest of Boca's players uh, but Belles were the better team. Yeah, the they shaded it. Um, Esteban Andrade was, was very good, very yeah. solid in goal. I yeah. think that's fair to say. But that tells its own story, I think. Um, the question is, this is it's interesting because it's the first time um, we've really caught a glimpse of uh, Gustavo Alfaro in kind of a big uh, cup tie, right? Mm. These kind of games which you'd expect to see, to see Boca in uh, fairly often. 
and no, Fado is is a uh, is a conservative chap. He's safety first, and I think that was reflected in the game. Boca kept deep; they didn't push too much forward. Um, certainly didn't uh, risk anything looking for goal. Just kind of waited to see if the chances would arise. They didn't generally because Villas were very compact, very uh, dynamic across the pitch. Didn't really give much room to, to move at all and who was it? I think Matias Vargas possibly had an excellent chance in the first half which did, was yeah, yeah. about the best the closest one came to, to open it to Galdames, breaking the, the deadlock hmm? and Galdames had another one in the second half yes yes he did I you think I had that game on in the background I was kind of uh, zoning in and out because I was working as well but but yeah Vela's definitely had the best of it and it's going to be an interesting game in, in La Bombonera definitely I think Vélez will fancy their chances. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I make Boca favourites because they're, they're always stronger in the Bombonera. Yeah. They have won the last six matches there. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, as I mean, you can prove anything with statistics, but Boca had one shot, which was off target in Liniers on Sunday. Um, Vélez only had five or six themselves. They had one shot of which, Yeah. One shot and it was off target. Vélez, oh, according to the stats I've got here, Vélez had five on tar- Five, sorry... Yes, five on target and one shot off target and five corners to one for Bellis. Um, yeah, that's not good. Which, as, as we said, not a classic game overall because even that isn't a particularly high shot count from no. Bellis' point of view. Um, but it but wasn't for it one to try. And no, exactly. And, and it, was a fairly, it was a fairly high friction game, um, as uh, people sometimes say here. Um, but yeah, not, not, not classic, but kind of interesting and edgy to watch. And I think it'll be as we say, different and a little bit more open in the Bombonera. Um, and the other thing that will be interesting to see is, of course, that if, if Vélez can grab a goal, then it will count uh, extra, as it yes. were. Away goals are the tiebreaker in the Copa Superliga. It will be more difficult for Boca to grab that goal because apparently Benito won't be in the match in the match because he has some uh, pains there. And uh, well, Chupé Avila is also discarded yeah. because uh, of uh, a yeah. They're talking about playing Matt Rosarate as the number nine, which of course he's not really, he's more of a nine and a half or a ten. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what strategy Alfaro comes up with. Whether we're going to have Sarate and Tevez, perhaps. Or oh, I'd imagine so, yeah. In the Bombanera, I'd imagine he'd play both. Hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Annoyingly, with it all being up in the air still, we don't know whether my prediction of, I think I said Boca versus Argentinos, didn't I? Uh, for the, the other semi-final can you remember last week Andres? Uh, no, no, I wasn't. why am I trying to remember I wasn't even here no exactly no, that's why I was asking Andres <laughs> uh, we know that my first prediction for the semi-finals is completely wrong because I said River Racing for the first one <laughs> um, so that's not gone well at all um, but of course uh, we're, we're going to have to see indeed will you have this online for people to listen to as a preview for Boca Vélez tomorrow? I hope so, yes. Um, that's the idea. Excellent. But that's, that's one of the reasons, indeed, that we're recording now and not um, on Friday afternoon because I hope to be able to get it up 
Yeah. Well, it's because you were uh, you were moving house this week. Yeah, that's the main reason. Right. But there's another. Well, we're not actually moving, but we're preparing to move. So there we go. It's a Friday, pre-move. Yeah. Friday would have been a pain in the ass, basically, with the other stuff I've got to do on Friday, Indeed. Um, including possibly going to pick up the keys at the new place. Uh, so there you go. That's a sneak preview as well. Next week we might very well be recording in Parque Centenario for the last time. Mm. Well, not in Parque Centenario because that would be really nice. That'd be nice. Uh, I guess it's more of a spring thing, right? It, it'd like, be nice for us, but I think it'd be a bit of a nightmare for people to listen to. Yeah. Uh, but in in my house near in, in my flat near Parque Centenario. Um, anyway, on that note, I think that now we we're going to talk about time. the fixture congestion. Oh, we were going to talk very about short. Yes. So very the, the, the first two things. First of all, let's go over the away goals because this. People, since Rivers' defeat about 24 hours ago, or 23 hours ago as we record, um, have noticed that away goals are a thing in South American football. They have been since the, I want to say the 2004 Copa Libertadores was the first time that they were used. I I think in Argentina, right, this just doesn't happen much, which I'm guessing has caused a bit of a stir. Because what other two-legged games have there been? Precisely. Um, So... Lots of people now started going, oh, but it's a bit unfair for River to go out like this when yeah. the aggregate score was 4 4, and blah, 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 blah. And while it is unfair, away guys are shit, but that's the yeah, rules. Precisely. Like, I mean, what can you do? It, it's, I should also mention that you know, this discussion has happened on English football Twitter quite a bit as well. Indeed. Uh, particularly for those of us who follow Rory Smith and Jonathan Wilson. Um, and Rafa Honigstein and, and you know, some of us have joined in with those discussions and had some fun with it I and didn't. Uh, enjoyed being right about it by saying that away goals are crap um, but you know, they're one of the rules before you start playing so there but the more ridiculous one <laughs> is the contention that Churchill Caldet's contention in particular that Racing in particular um, have played loads of matches and that they in Churchill Caldet's words didn't have the petrol to continue playing mm. I mean didn't They've just played a 25-game league season with a month-and-a-half break in the middle of it, followed by three weeks off, followed by a single two-legged cup tie. And he's complaining that they didn't have the energy. A couple of points on this. Um, one, I completely agree, it's ridiculous uh, to claim this. Uh, two, one little bit of sympathy I would have is, uh, I think we've hinted it before, but... Um, Given this fixture fuck up, um, River and Racing had to play, and Tigre and, and Atletico Tucumán, of course, uh, had to play both their legs within three days. I mean, just kind of minutes over the minimum threshold of 72 hours, right? Because mm-hmm. I think Racing kicked off at uh, quarter to six on Saturday and seven last night, so that's yep. 73 hours right on the dot. And then Boca Vélez, Gimnasia and Argentinos had a whole extra day because they played their first legs on Sunday and now they're going to play on on Thursday. That point's a very strange organisation because so River and Racing could have easily played today. But that, that would have been a fair enough you know, complaint if yeah. ahead of the second leg of Racing Tigre it was somehow Tigre who'd had a day's more rest than Racing. I'm not sure oh yeah, of course. It's the same for both no. teams. Which we saw in the fact that both teams ended up with three free injuries. Yeah. In Racing's case, and I think as well in Tigre's case, um, when if you're talking about running out of petrol, <laughs> you prob- you might be talking more about emotional petrol, right? Because um, I think for both those clubs, you know, obviously one was uh, chasing the title, the other fighting two for now to, um, to beat relegation. Like, mm. uh, being in that kind of um, 
kind of a struggle. It really does take its toll. I mean, it's not the same, I think, to play 90 minutes uh, for a team, you know, treading water in, in mid-table than going for, you know, knowing that you have to win or, no, or get a result to, to, win, to win something. I mean, the, the intensity that Racing put in the last few weeks and kind of those games was, uh, was extremely high. And mm. obviously, I mean, it's inevitable. You win a league, um, your intensity levels are going to drop. And I think that's where um, kind of the adrenaline starts to, starts to wind down and these kind of things can happen. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with the injuries or not, but it's valid. Um, if it, I think if Racing, Racing could quite fairly make the point that we won the league, this title's a bit stupid so we're going to play youth players and no, absolutely. I would have accepted it yeah. but it, I don't know don't try and win it and then say oh no now we're all tired because no, exactly. we've played these games it's a lot like I, I saw a lot of River fans in, in January, February particularly mm. saying oh well, you know th- we lost those three games at the start of the season at the start of the year sorry yeah. after the summer break because they made us play three games in a really short space of time and I was like but that was because they'd given you those games off so that you could... <laughs> you can't have it both ways. So, so that you could prepare properly for the Copa Libertadores semi-finals and, yeah. and final. Like, you have to play at some point. Exactly. You, you've got to play the matches. They gave you them off already. Stop yeah. complaining. Like, yeah, that's not evidence. Some of them were presenting it. It's not evidence that the AFA are conspiring against you. <laughs> they were helping you out. And they did yeah. the same for your opponents, Boca, who, of course, were also an Argentine club. That's it's it's the rule, and one yeah. of the matches, obviously, the, the match against Rosario Central, uh, had been rained off, um, rather than them being given the you know the, the, the time off specifically for it. So that but was good think, conspiring. I mean, it's just guessing. so, just it's just ridiculous yeah. to complain. And about, oh, shut we up. Have to play three games in a week and, <laughs> yeah. and one, like two weeks or something. And this historic in Argentina, uh, when a team uh, wins a tournament, it's like they say we got it, we did what this was the goal we had. And this is it, and, and we go on vacation. If you lose, it's everyone else's fault, but you're, yeah. you're right. Yeah. It's not exclusive to Argentine football, I must admit. Oh, it's, definitely not, no. No. I mean, talking to someone who had Jose Mourinho in their club until very recently. Yeah, thank you for reminding me of that, Don't, I'm trying to forget stuff. You know, I thought I might, might as well get it in. But, um, no, no, totally. I mean, it, it's just... It's, it's annoying all round. Yes. On which note, here's a half-time break. And we'll be back afterwards to talk about at least two different national teams, and I think three different national teams. Mm-hmm. And the final, uh, not well, the, the final, which wasn't really a final, but at the same time was a final uh, in the women's championship. begin with a quick roundup of the f- end, I was about to say the final, of the Women's Championship um, because it finished on Saturday, was it? Saturday, yeah. Um, and it ended with Uai Urquiza lifting 
the championship. Mm-hmm. As I think we mentioned in passing last week, they visited second place River Plate um, on the final weekend. That was second versus first. River needed a win in order to overturn uh, White Orquiza's two-point lead. Um, River, of course, in January or February became the first team in about two and a half years to get an away win over Waiorquisa. So this was something of a grudge match. And, yeah, I mean, they made Waiorquisa angry. And Waiorquisa responded with a 4-0 win uh, to lift their second title in a row. Um, Boca, at the same time, got a 1-1 draw away to San Lorenzo, which means that Boca pipped River to second on goal difference. Uh, with 32 points, five points behind Uai Orquiza. San Lorenzo themselves finished fourth. University of Buenos Aires got a 1-0 win away to Huracan, which means they finished fifth. And Lanús um, got a 1-0 win against Racing, which means Racing finished sixth, Huracan finished seventh, and Lanús finished eighth in the championship group. I do uh, like the reasons for the games being suspended in the relegation group. Indeed. Uh, the relegation group has not been finished yet. Deportivo Morón and El Porvenir did go ahead. That finished 2-1 to El Porvenir. Um, we, of course, already know who's been relegated. So, in a way, this group actually doesn't matter an awful lot. Because So, what happens, it seem so, for yeah. those of you who weren't listening at the start of the year, the Women's Championship gets played uh, as a league table for the first half of the season and then in the new year the top eight teams and the bottom eight teams get split into two separate it's a bit like the the Scottish League basically Mm. eight of them play off for the title and eight of them play off to avoid relegation with two going down we already knew that Atlanta and Deportivo Moron were going down as uh, Andres and I said last week Um, but Platense versus Atlanta (laughs) and Excursionistas versus Estudiantes de la Plata were both postponed because there was no doctor available for the matches. Um, Villa San Carlos versus Independiente was postponed because they couldn't find a stadium to play in, which seems bizarre, and I'm afraid that I've just learnt this news now after Dan pointed it out and I looked at the screen. Um, I wish that we could say more. I'd, I'd be much happier to laugh at that as a reason if it were a men's match than I am with it being a women's match because I suspect that if it had been a men's match they probably would have found a stadium to play it in. I'm just happy to know that um, that the AFA doesn't discriminate uh, when it comes to lack of organisation. No, indeed. But this is something that in 2059 they will say, oh, 40 years ago there were play- matches that couldn't mm. be played because of there weren't a doctor or a stadium to, to play. And that's why we don't count women's championships that were won in the amateur era. We only count them in the professional era, which started two months after these matches are being played. Okay. Uh, because I saw more arguments over amateur era versus professional era championships in the men's league over the weekend. And they were as tiresome as ever. And as I support this club who count their championships this way and therefore I'm going to agree with them uh, as ever as well. But anyway, uh, this does have some relevance because the women's uh, preliminary squad for the World Cup has been announced. Huh? I should have got this up on screen beforehand, shouldn't uh, I? I'm sorry, Sam, but Guayurquiza, in the female, of course, team, will play Copa Libertadores after winning Yes, the that's day. right. Yeah, There's uh, one qualification spot available for the women's Copa Libertadores. Uh, I think for each country, but certainly for Argentina at any rate, it's, mm-hmm. it's one spot. And Guayurquiza have claimed it as well by winning the championship. Um, the women's championship, the, the women's national team. Sorry, the first thing to mention is that the um, uh, their their farewell match ahead of the World Cup um, was thrown into some doubt. They're playing Uruguay 
on the, if I remember rightly, it's the 23rd, is it, of March? Uh, of May, sorry. Um, it was going to be in San Luis. Mm-hmm. And then over the weekend, I'm, I'm going to let one of you two fill in the gaps here. Uh, I while don't I look have for a those, clue. You I'm didn't hear about what happened in San Luis over I didn't the hear anything about Andreas, you must have done. Flog? The, the horrible, horrible violence that happened in San Luis mm. on a football pitch. Oh, I heard that in passing, yeah. Um, but I couldn't tell you any more. Some regional that. league stuff. What the, the referees got attacked, and more, more to the point, the, nas- the, the away team got attacked by fans and the police, apparently. I got left with right? like, yeah. bloody heads and all kinds of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that, that wasn't very nice. Um, I'm looking now for the list for the women's, uh, the, the, the preliminary list. I can't find it. At least they're coming. Anna. That's the other 20s. Okay, as ever, the, the Afers website doesn't have it, but um, it does have the lady whose name I've forgotten, who plays for Olympic Lyon uh, up front. Tony mentioned her a couple of months ago and said that she was missing from the. Tony, of course, being our, our women's football correspondent, uh, really. <laughs> um, that she was missing from the um, United States tour and the previous Australian tour because of the fact that she actually plays for a really big club. Obviously, Lyon are um, about to play the Women's Champions League final in right. Europe in, against Barcelona on Saturday, uh, which is going to be televised down here in South America. Is it really? Interestingly, yeah, by ESPN. Um, so she's in it, and I'm assuming that she's the big star. But some other um, names, Shamila Rodriguez, the, the Boca Juniors forward, um, is who scored the first goal. She certainly scored at least one goal, I think two, in that uh, match in the Bombonera that we talked about at some length um, earlier in the year, is in. As are a whole bunch of Wai Urquiza um, players, one or two River players, a couple of other Boca players as well. Uh, notably, or interestingly, I think more than notably, none of the San Lorenzo players who are Argentina's first 15 professional footballers um, on the women's side um, have made the squad. Um, but obviously all of the players, or nearly all of the players who are in it, are going to be professional within the next few months because those who aren't already playing abroad there are a number of players in Spain um, one or two in the United States I think as well um, will be professional in Argentina as well before much longer which is good and there it says the farewell game will indeed be in San Luis exactly Uh, the security ministry has given his guarantees there was talk about uh, after all of this that that it might be moved to Santa Fe which is where a lot of the players are from of Of course fan violence and police violence is unheard of in Santa Fe it yes, never happened indeed, yeah. ever but it's, it's one of the cradles of uh, well of, of Argentine sport generally but also yeah. a lot of the of the women's national team are, are from Rosario and the surrounding and Santa yeah, Fe and the surrounding areas with the men's team as well indeed yeah um, but there was talk that it might be played in Santa Fe or in Buenos Aires but uh, they have now today I think 15th yeah earlier yes. today they've announced that it will be taking place as planned in the Juan Gilberto Funes in San Luis there we go which is the Stadio del Bicentenario, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah. ver- I think. No, you've got me there. It's, it's one of them anyway. Yes. Um, we've also got two other national teams to talk about. And we can get the uh, list for these because they're easily findable, or at least one of them is easily findable, on the AFA website. Um, and that is the under-20 national team for the under-20 World Cup in Poland, which starts on the 25th of May in 10 days time uh, that, oh hang on we talked about this last week didn't we Andres yes just remember okay so yeah, scrap that we're not going to talk about that now um, unless you've got anything to add on the list Dan, that you think we might not have said last week no I'm assuming you um, were puzzled like the rest of us about the absence of Thiago Almar 
who's one yes. of the few players who's been playing regularly at uh, first team level at least we did indeed mention that there we go nothing more to say then and the other list to mention is the men's national team uh, for the mm-hmm. Copa America is this actually confirmed because no, all I see is um, that uh, yeah, Scaloni he, he, he will he, send it he released a, li- a list which is not I mean official because it's not the 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 list that will finally go to right. the, but yes, it it's is. it's the preliminary list, and they do as I'm, as as between the two of you listening between the lines, as it were, you can kind of work out. Normally, uh, the AFA or, or the national team manager would have a press conference and would say, "These are my preliminary list." And it, he's not happened, done this, but it's been reported in loads of places, yeah. and nobody from the AFA has come out and said, "No, that's not the actual <laughs> list." So we're assuming we'll take it as read then. We're assuming that the list is as follows: the preliminary list, which will be whittled down to 23 players at the moment, it has five goalkeepers. They are called Franco Armani of River Plate, Esteban Andrada of Boca Juniors, Agustin Marquesin of Club América de México, uh, Juan Musso of Udinese. Thank you, Dan. Udinese. Jerónimo Rulli of Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad. Oh yeah, the the badges are absolutely tiny in this graphic <laughs> I'm looking at, so it's a test of my eyesight. Uh, the defenders are Renzo Sarabia of Racing, Gabriel Mercado of Sevilla, Sevilla. Sorry. Germán Petzela, who plays for Fiorentina. I should have known that in my Italian club. In fact, he's the captain of Fiorentina. I really should have known that. Uh, Nicolás Otamendi, who... For now, at least. Is at the moment a Manchester City player, but won't be for very much longer. Um, Walter Kahneman, uh, who's played for Gremio, of course. Nicolás Tagliafico, who's played rather well, really, from Ajax. And it's just as well I can remember that, because they forgot to put the badge in. Uh, Marcos Acuña of Sporting Club de Portugal Ramiro Funes Mori of Villarreal Juan Foyt of Tottenham Hotspur the midfielders Leandro Paredes of Paris Saint-Germain Guido Rodriguez of Club América again the Mexican ones not the Colombian ones Ivan Marconi of Boca Juniors Giovanni Lo Celso of Real Betis Roberto Pereira of Watford Rodrigo de Paul of Udinese as well. Ah, thank you. Udinese. So it's that little one that just looks like a, a dot on a white background. <laughs> is Udinese? Okay. Yes. Uh, Maxi Mesa uh, of Monterrey. Yes. Is that right? Correct. Wow. Okay, I'm quite happy with myself for that one. I didn't know it moved there. Um, oh, that's interesting. They're, they're having Paolo Dybala as a midfielder, apparently, um, of Juventus. Ezequiel Palacios of River Plate, Gonzalo Martinez of uh, Atlanta United, Angel Di Maria of Paris Saint-Germain, and Matias Saracho of Racing. And the forwards are Lionel Messi, who I think plays for Barcelona, maybe? Um, Angel Correa of Atletico de Madrid, Sergio Aguero of Manchester City, Lautaro Martinez of Internazionale, Matias Suarez of River, and Mauro Icardi of Internazionale. There we go. Like Italian flourish onto the end of that last Very game. nice, yes. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Um, they will get going uh, on, I think Argentina's first game is on the 15th or 16th of June, isn't it? The Copa America itself kicks off on the 14th. Something like that, yeah. Um, and it will be whittled down before that. So that was 32 names that I've just given you. It will be whittled down to 23. So nine of those players are going to be cut. Although I think in the bottom of our hearts yeah. we all knew it was going to happen, I did sigh a little bit when I looked at that list earlier on today and saw that Sergio Romero isn't going to be one of the goalkeepers who is going to be Argentina's first choice goalkeeper I asked myself 
And I still don't know now, because I just don't understand why Sergio Romero wouldn't be the answer to that question. It looks like it's going to be Armani, right? Kind of by default. Because yeah, or Andrada. There, on, on current form, I would say Andrada probably. I would say Andrada as well, but um, it seems Armani has is, is kind of got the inside track. I'm not sure how, but... At this very moment, I think Andrada is a bit better than Armani. Yeah. But, of course, it, it, yeah. it's still one month to go and, and things can change, but... But as I say, I mean, for such a long time, and, and even, you know, people would ask Scaloni about it for, for a lot of the season, and he, mm. and he gives sort of non-committal answers or he'd say stuff like, well, you know, we, we know what Romero can bring to the table. He called him up for one of the matches, didn't he, in, like, October, and then he got injured so yeah. he couldn't come. I was convinced that although he hadn't been called up, he was going to be at least in this preliminary net list. And he's, he's not, enough. and I just think... <laughs> well, but in, in this case... But it does say there that the list might be expanded to 36 teams. Place, so well, maybe there's crossed. maybe there's room for him still. Fingers crossed. I, I think that he should have got Manchester United's Player of the Year award personally because he's about the only Man United player I can think of who didn't humiliate himself at any point this season. This is true. But in the you could say the same thing about Argentina in the 2018 World Cup as well. Indeed, you could. Yes, he's a player who shines in his absence. Yeah. let's say that. In the point of view of the players, I think that it's better for them to know right now that they won't be there than to be and then. Do we notice that they won't? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because this kind of this preliminary thing it, it did cause a bit of problems. Uh, I remember for the World Cup last year, there were certain players who thought they were in, and well, it, because, because of going to certain people's birthday parties, they were then apparently <laughs> cut out, and that did cause a little bit of bad blood. The other thing, of course, last year was that Sampaoli didn't want to do it. He made this big yeah. thing of, well, when I did it for Chile four years ago. It ended up causing more problems. Yeah. You know, I mean, to, yeah, to you're just asking for trouble. And though. so I'm only naming these other seven yeah. players because they've told me to, and these are definitely the ones who are going to be cut, which I think was just counterproductive from the start. Because the attempt in fate, obviously. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. I'm not in favour of these provisional squads. I think you just got to come straight out, pick the 23, pick a few standbys, and. And live with it. Like, I mean, it's not as if but, but you're picking an eleven to don't necessarily tell the press that that's what you're doing. No, tell the press. Like, really? Yeah, I'll come straight out and say these uh, are my twenty-three, and these six blokes, uh, or ten blokes, or fifty blokes uh, are my standbys. And then just live with it. Yeah. If one gets injured, I mean, um, what can you find out in these next two weeks that you couldn't find out? In oh, all no, the time I before. Just, I just think that last, last year it seemed to, to cause a few problems with the dynamic of, of, of the group. I mean, That's what I'm saying, because he picked a provisional team. Yeah. He just had to come out and pick his 23. That's well, what I'm saying. Okay. It would have been the more logical choice for me. Other than Romero, however, yeah. um, are there any other players that we think definitely should have been there? We, we were saying earlier before we started recording, and obviously this is partly coloured by the fact that he scored... Um, what proved to be a, a decisive, or at least it killed the game off, um, a goal earlier in the Coppa Italia final, which for some reason is being played on a Wednesday because Italians are weird. Um, I apologise if you can hear the next door neighbours, by the way, in the background. They've been talking incredibly loudly all the way through a recording. I think we they're having a little gathering, yeah. Um, anyway. Um, but yeah, we, we were wondering earlier whether uh, Scaloni has named the correct Correa in the squad because Joaquin scored a rather well taken goal late on for Lazio he did yeah Um, but I think he's the kind of player like if you've got Messi already in the squad and you've got Di you 
you're pretty covered in that position, mm-hmm. kind of nippy, left-footed, um, yes. half half forward, half attacking midfielder type players. I think the guy I would have rather seen in there, and I apologise if he's already in there. There were a lot of names, and this might make me look silly. Uh, Franco Vasquez. No, no, he's not there. Well, then, yes, he should have been in there. He's Italian, isn't he? Uh, he changed nationalities. He's played under Scaloni. Oh, that's right. He only played a friendly for Italy, and then exactly. he was able to change back again, wasn't yep. he? Yeah. And now he's been over for the Copa. forgot about that. <laughs> Poor fucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to see um, Vasquez in there, because I think he's a player who's got certain qualities that uh, are, are thin in the ground for Argentina, these kind of these nexus yeah. players between midfield and attack. And in Although fact, if Locelso plays there, I'll, I'll forgive Scaloni my, my scepticism. Just just keep stringing this out for another minute, Dan, if you will, because I've got another suggestion. But well, the thing about Franco Vasquez, he was born in Córdoba in 1980-something. He was very good at Belgrano, and then uh, he helped him get promotion, of course, in the year that River went down to the Nacional B. Um, and then he moved to Palermo, I believe it was, his first team in, in Italy. And he showed some good stuff there, but he didn't seem to be on whoever the Argentine coach's radar was at that time. <laughs> so uh, he decided, no, it's, it's a fool's errand to like it up. Um, Martino, yeah. At any rate, sorry, now, yes. now I've managed to get my phone to do some it. solid space in there, if I do say so myself. Another Argentine who was involved in today's Coppa Italia final, and who... Now, I don't manage to catch very much Italian football at all. Um, but given that, with two games to go, Atalanta are not only have just lost the Coppa Italia final, but are also in the uh, European Cup qualifying places in fourth place, three points clear of Roma in fifth. I'm guessing it's had a fairly good season, not least because he's the captain of the team. Uh, Papu Gomez. Papu Gomez. He's one of these players who so always seems to do well in Italy, but... To be fair, he's had his chances with the national team and he wholeheartedly he, hasn't taken any of them. Um, he's I wouldn't never say looked. he's exactly Carlos Tevez, say, though, who didn't just get chances but got full loads and loads of full games to show how crap he was with Archie. Yeah, but uh, comparing Papa Gomez with Tevez is a little oh, bit unkind. Oh, his performance is a level, clearly. Yeah. He also has some problems and I think there is a question about it. The, that roll with the kick. He kicked... Uh, Biglia and before the World Cup and that. oh I forgot about that yeah. Yeah. I'd rather have him in than Maxi Mesa to name just one at random yes. but, uh, but I, I would have called up uh, like perhaps Dan said Franco Vasquez mm. instead of for example uh, Leandro Paredes even when they don't play the same exactly position because at, at, I, at, at, as well as Mesa I can't find a, a, why, a reason why he's been called up uh, I'm kind of surprised not to see Akasiva there as well yes. in the middle, uh, given Argentina's dearth of, uh, of decent holding midfielders. Yeah, I mean they don't I've seem Guido Rodriguez, I guess, but he's not a, an orthodox holding midfielder either, right? I've heard that Akasiva's not had a good season, but I've not seen much of it, and I'm assuming no, I must admit as well. I, haven't either. I have to admit, I'm assuming that Scaloni's not seen much of it because I'm not really convinced that he follows anything that closely. But anyway, <laughs> just anything in general. And uh, I mean, he doesn't even live in Argentina, so I probably doesn't. No, follow he lives the in Spain. Exactly, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, so Spanish football we must follow quite. Mar- Mar- Marcone has started, I think, very well, and now it's decent, not spectacular, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do we want to take any guesses at the moment as to who the players who are going to end up being cut are? Saracho for sure. 
Saracho, if the injury is yeah. as bad as it seems, you'd think so. Um, out of the strikers, That's you'd say Suarez at least, leaving them with five. Or is that? I mean, the thing with Suarez is Suarez and Correa. Although he's old and has clearly only been called up because he moved to River in the summer. Yeah. Um, not that I'm suggesting his level before moving to River from Belgrano wasn't worthy of it, but it's clearly the like the fact that he's now playing for a big club is the reason rather than the level he's playing at. Mm-hmm. He has linked fairly well with, uh, with with the other four, so he's actually played quite well in the snatches of chances that he's had for, for friendlies for Argentina. Which makes me wonder. But then Lautaro Martinez did that as well. He linked up very nicely with yeah. Messi in the game they played. I mean, I, I have a feeling that if only one of the fours is going to be cut, it's more likely to be Angel Correa. But yeah. both of them could make some sense. Akari, perhaps, given he's not really Maybe. done much. Yeah. And Dybala, who has been quite criticised in Italy. Yeah, and also has never really been that good for Argentina, but I, I think he's going to mm. make the squad. Um, I think so. The yeah. two goalkeepers who are going to be cut, I think Juan Musso, yeah, definitely, and probably probably Rooney. Uh, Rooney would be yeah. the other, which would leave Armani, Andrade, and Marquesin as the three in the squad. Mm-hmm. From the defence, I have to admit, I'm I'm struggling to really pick anybody. Maybe Funes Mori might end up being cut, but I think all of the others look like uh, possibly Otamendi because he's not played that yeah. much. But the others all look pretty nailed on, really. It's a um, Saravia. Um... Sarabia and Mercado to cover the right, Acuna exactly. and Taliafigo to cover the left, and, and, and then, then you'd need you, uh, um, at least three centre-backs, It right? gives you Petzela, Otamendi, Kahneman, um, and Foyt in, in the central positions, as well as Mercado can kind of deputise there as well if yeah. you decide to play back In that case, Funes Mori could be out. Yeah, Funes so, Mori, yeah, I'll say. Funes Mori um, and Foyt, perhaps. And then from midfield, yeah, I think Marconi could be... Dangling, as yeah. it were, maybe or, or De Paul, possibly. De Paul's look good under Scaloni, though he's had some interesting true. interventions. True, true. Maxi Mesa probably is, is another. Uh, he would maybe. be a prime candidate, yeah. I mean, Gonzalo Martinez actually. On merit, he wouldn't get there, but yeah. I'm not sure about <laughs> it. It was a bit because he had that Gonzalo Martinez had that debut for the national team in, in the friendly, didn't he? Where he basically looked like. Angel Di Maria in a bad sense yes in the worst and if you're going to take Di Maria why would you take Peter Martinez as well so we'll see Uh, an exercise in futility we'll have to see what happens anyway we'll move on to some listeners questions now Uh, they are as I scroll down having realised I forgot to do this before we started recording uh, ah these were a few days ago now so here we go Ronnie Mazumda says why is the best French league goalkeeper Benitez never mentioned in the Argentine media? Probably because he's the best goalkeeper in the French league. Yes, yes. No, no, no one knows him. No, I'm not even sure what his first name is. I, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. I googled this after his. Um, oh, yeah, you made Ronnie a very Mendes. nice pun. Go on. It was a great pun, yeah, but it doesn't work um, on the radio. It only works in text, so you have to find that tweet. I'm assuming that he plays for Nice. Yes, based on your pun. Thanks that we we know that Gazzaniga and Speroni. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, yeah, which um, is a shame. Yes. Uh, but we'll see. Gazzaniga's really young still, so maybe there's a future for him in the national team if he. I mean, he, he is the Tottenham reserve at the moment, so you can't. Yeah. Exactly. Argentina um, would never pick a Premier League reserve as a, as a first choice keeper. No, right? as, as we've learned. Um, Joaquin, uh, Ronnie also says Joaquin Correa and Papu Gomez. Uh, both of them deserve a chance in a dysfunctional Scaloni team, but will be left out. Does 
Papu hurting Bigley are making him the bad guy for the national team management? We just talked about it. Possibly. Maybe. Um, on the other hand, maybe not. Yeah. Not to say. Uh, Ronnie also asks, after River went out of the Copa Argentina, I then corrected him and he admitted uh, Copa Superliga is what he meant to say. After River went out of the Copa Superliga, are Boca the favourites to win, although Venice are a potent side? Do people and the clubs take this Copa seriously in Argentina? Say, if Boca, yeah, to answer the first one first, uh, if Boca beat Vélez, you'd have to make them the, the favourites, no doubt. Is it like a final in the quarterfinals? Yeah. If they're taking it serious, it's a cup. The biggest teams in Argentina have played it, and that, and they want to beat each other. So yeah, for that reason alone, people are taking it seriously. I, I think that the final is going to be Tigre against whoever gets throughout a Boca and Belis. Um And although I've already said that I, I really want Tigre to win it. Um, I think that the most likely winners are probably whoever gets throughout a Boca and Meles tomorrow. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. As for how seriously it's taken, I mean, yeah, some clubs are doing, some clubs aren't. Yeah. It's good fun. You know, that's, that's of absolutely no doubt. So if you're thinking about that Fanatic subscription, do it for the, yes. the semis and the yeah. final. Um, again, fntz.co slash HOP and the discount code is HOPFZ. Um, it's, it's definitely worth you know, watching and I mean it's, it's two-legged knockout football Indeed. what's not to love um, but in terms of how much it actually matters that, that's still very much up in the air um, and obviously if Boca were to win it it doesn't matter an awful lot because they've already got the Copa Libertadores spot that it brings but that's not going to stop them from a massive light show and fireworks display as we saw definitely after they won the Super Copa and the Super Liga boss or CEO uh, Mariano Lizondo said that he wanted the Copa Superliga to continue within the years which means that perhaps it will last two hours two, uh, two years or... well next season apparently it's going to be yes. given the status of a national championship you know, as in a league title which will be we hope it is wonderfully like confusing for everybody and, and another reason that people who say that things were not cohesive and consistent in the amateur era uh, might be true but that's not really a reason to not count them because they're not, in, they're not now either in the 21st century um Next question is from Australian Dan, yeah. who's giving us the honour of tweeting in a question. Did you know that El Loco Bielsa is now coaching in England? Possibly. First time there. He bit. might have just finished. We don't know. Um, I read, you know, just to turn this that stupid question from Aussie Dan into a legitimate answer. Uh, just before recording, I was following Bielsa's press conference, following um, Leeds's semi-final playoff defeat at the hands of Derby County and he said uh, now's not the time to be thinking too much about his future he's happy in England but he'll have to go away have a think and and get back to everyone basically indeed yeah um, Jamie says I haven't been able to find this information after a quick Google but maybe you lads can help me if any UK broadcaster has acquired the Copa America rights yet now of course being here in Argentina <laughs> Uh, we couldn't really help Jamie but fortunately some of our other followers could I retweeted this with a request for any answers and a couple of people um, have responded to say that Premier Sports have got exclusive rights for the Copa America in the UK so unlucky I'm afraid or from what I've heard about Premier Sports Service I'm not so much unlucky maybe but good luck and I hope that you're actually able to watch it because I've heard that they're not the most reliable um but yeah, it does look like it's going to be televised or streamed or whatever in the UK. Uh, so that's good. 
Yeah. Not least because it makes it a bit easier for us talking about the Copa America. We'll know that at least some of our audience are actually able to watch but it. Anyway, also Latin America, there will be coverage from fanatics, we, we suppose. For the Copa America? Yes. I, I'm not sure. No, not Don't sure. quote us okay. on that. Okay. <laughs> well, and, we're and, not and sure. Don't sign up on that assumption because it may or may not happen. Uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're talking okay. about it still, but uh, I don't think anything's been confirmed. Um, Nick says, other than Messi or Maradona, who skew the results slightly, who do you think is the greatest ever Argentine player? I can only think of, I mean, one name who I think would probably be in the conversation even with Messi or Maradona. Who would you say? Alfredo Di Stefano. Di Stefano? Yes, I was going to yeah. say that before yes. hearing you. So. If we were going more towards the modern era, you'd probably look at someone like Kempis, right? Or, or Passarella, possibly? Two World I mean, Cup for the, wins. Yeah, for, for the place or, in, yeah. in World Cup history, I, I, probably. But I don't think there's any serious competition to no. the man who has essentially defined European club football no, of course, since, of course. since the dawn yeah. of the concept of European club yeah. football. After um, I've looked at Stefano, because he's kind of so... Uh, associated with, no, Yeah, long ago, and, and also, also yeah, so associated with uh, Spanish football. Indeed, and, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's not that much arguing about it, I think. Um, Chris Curtis... Very simply phrased question this. San Lorenzo job. Discuss. So Jorge, Jorge Almiron. <laughs> has Jorge Almiron actually gone? Or no, to be honest. They were talking about him leaving been, on Saturday. There's been a yes, hell he of has. a lot of talk yes, he has. about yes. his successor. Matias Lamens confirmed that, yes. Excellent. So has he been yeah. sacked or did he resign? It was the, the was typical... It by mutual consent? Yes, that's right. the typical... Uh, Is his body going to turn up uh, during excavations <laughs> of the new uh, San Lorenzo Stadium in Carrefour? Yeah, we'll have This to is see. the question. Um, but some of the names who've been mentioned to replace him are... Mm. I think there are not any because Tinelli. it's still fresh news and... I think they will have their time. They have plenty of time now. Yes. Because yeah. they are out of Translation, control. we haven't researched at all, so we haven't got no, I've, I've seen Juan Antonio Pizzi mentioned, and also the other bloke who managed them a couple of years ago, and his name I've forgotten now. Balsa, sure enough. No, not Balsa. I don't remember him. They've had so many. Uh, yeah, they have. And yeah. that, that's why I can't quite remember. Yeah. But a, a couple of their recent managers have been among the names linked yeah. to them again. Gorosita? No. No, because he's be a Tigre. He did very well with He has said that if yes. Tigre hadn't got through last night, yeah. he would have probably stood down which I think is kind of ridiculous because it's undeniable that he's done a fantastic job and that he's the person to take Tigre through the Benazio what would it change going out in the Copa Superliga quarterfinals the semifinals is it say the same now ahead of the semifinals I mean it's like okay this is how football management works it's very thin margins and stuff but to take a decision like and I guess if you're taking that decision yourself as the person then it's one matter when the club take a decision like that based on whether you get a 90th minute you know, <laughs> winner or aggregate equaliser, yeah. which takes you through it away. Oh no, sorry, it was a winner, wasn't it? It was a winner. Um, you know, it, it's a bit like. I mean, you've got to think if a big Premier club comes in, he will leave. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. He's got a connection with. I mean, he's already well, had a. Couple, he's got a hot, couple of heart attacks under his belt, right? Like, mm. he's got. You know, but got to take advantage of, of what's left of his career. It would be a problem not only for San Lorenzo but for the rest of the clubs too. Because if they if they if they sign uh, an important uh, coach, they will have also to think about the the, the signings because they are, have been poor for some reason. So uh, it's mostly Colombian ones that that uh, Almiron knew from yeah. Atletico Nacional and, and players who've been with him at Lanús and then had gone to him uh, with yes. Atletico Nacional and then had come 
to San Lorenzo. But there will be a problem because of the we have talked about this about the dollar, the value of the dollar actually. Speaking of Colombians, there's one huge story from today that we've completely overlooked. Oh, go on. Concerning none other than the Colombian Neymar. Oh, oh yes. He had, Carrascal. What's happened? He said he's not happy. He hasn't adapted to, um, to Argentina and that he's leaving in June. I'm sure that River's fan base will be in yes. floods of tears over this news. So, farewell, um, Colombian Neymar. You will... Be missed at River, I'm sure. Possibly the crappiest signing of Marcelo Gachado's <laughs> era uh, is is leaving River. What a shame. Um, anyway, and I think I'd like to find out who called in the Colombian Neymar just to make sure I never buy a used car off him. I think it was his agent. Or I'm his, never going to buy a used car off that. Block. Possibly his mum. Uh, or her. But yeah, I mean, well, no, I don't know. Actually, in fairness, turning up at a club and just creating a load of arguments and not really doing very much, and then leaving. He will live. That's probably slightly harsh on the not doing very much. He side, will live having scored an Olympic goal for the reserves, of course. Yes, there you go. Uh, that's the level of performance that we're talking. Um, other questions. David Novoshevsky says, "To what do you attribute the lack, perceived or real, of top quality centre backs on the national team?" Not a fashionable position, and Argentina haven't been yeah. good at producing them since. Ashala retired, really. Yeah, essentially. Otamendi oh, is yeah, about sure. as good as it got over the last five or so years. Yeah. Uh, Garay had his moments, I suppose. Dimichelis oh, I mean, was I still, all right sometimes. I think Garay was a little bit more... Had it. I, I think Garay was a really, really good centre-back. But he had injury problems and... Yeah, yeah. And, and that, essentially. Yeah. And There's a few names. Not quite, I mean, yeah. Otamendi was obviously fantastic. Yes. But even when Otamendi was quick, it wasn't very quick. No. So... Is There's that, a few names out of the current crop that could be interesting. Pesela, of course, is already there. Foyt, who's had his wobbles with Tottenham, but he's also shown some good stuff. Uh, Mamana, who is another one who seems to be going down the Ezequiel Garay route of having injury after injury, which means he can never really play for Argentina. Um, one guy who's, who's been mentioned at least, I don't know, did you watch um, Racing Tigre last night? Did you have the pleasure? I've already told you I didn't, Dan, but I can't remember whether Andres. I thought anything. you were talking about Saturday rather than last night's game. No, 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 I missed last night's. Ah, right. Uh, Leo Sigali, the Racing centre back, has looked about as good as any Argentine mm. centre back for yeah, the last, at least the last year or so, possibly your last 18 months. But And actually, I'm going to continue to push um, the man who scored Racing's first goal last night against one of his former clubs. Lucas Orban. He's not been great. Who, no. when he was young, I thought was fantastic yeah. and, and he was a left-back back then. He was playing for Tigre and I got quite exercised about the fact that Matias Almeida, the River Plate manager at the time, didn't think he was good enough even though he was clearly the left, mm-hmm. best left-back in Argentina at that point and let him go. Um, it's a shame that he couldn't have done a bit more. I've, I found his transition into centre-back a bit interesting. Yeah, and he has his moments. He's a decent enough player and he's he's very pretty. I'll give him that. A very pretty young man. Not as um, pretty as Claudio Espinelli, uh, the Argentinos Juniors forward. Well, while we're on this subject... I can't who, picture him, I must say. His hair is wonderful. Indeed. Well, his yeah. hair's awful, but, but while, while we're here, I may as well mention that uh, one of the few things that, that my girlfriend and I have a chance to bond over when I'm watching football yeah. um, is her opinions of various players' appearance. Right. And she looked at Espinelli and went... 
why has he done that to his hair? It's absolutely dreadful. <laughs> so I googled a few pictures of him in order to stick one up on Twitter and, and tweet about her phrase. And we were both able to agree, as, as both of us are big fans of RuPaul's Drag Race, that Fbnini would make an incredibly beautiful drag queen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he needs to do something with the hair. But he's like 21 <laughs> or something, so he's it's still got time. time to learn. But talking about centre-backs, um, it's curious what happened to Lisandro Martinez from the Fensi Justicia because yeah. he has been called up for the... Uh, recent uh, front list and now he's not even in the preliminary list but I I heard that he was linked and I don't remember the name of the club he was linked with Ajax Ajax ah, yes. yeah yeah that's made very, very another Lisandro because Magallan is already there indeed yeah they could have an all Argentine all Lisandro centre back pairing who just won the league today um, yes. one of the goals I was watching it earlier actually live uh, one of the goals was scored by Nicolas Tagliafico mm-hmm. uh, the only Argentine who's played for Ajax and isn't called Lisandro um, so well done him and them um, and yeah uh, but Martinez is an interesting one he should be going to Ajax but Defensa y Justicia have to buy out the 50% of his yes. contract which is owned by is it Newell's? Yes. Hey, I'm glad I remembered that I'm very pleased with myself um, so yeah as long as that can happen which presumably it will be um, Defensa y Justicia are going to make a bit of money on their deal and Ajax are going to get what even you know by Dutch standards is uh I think a bargain and, and I think he should oh, definitely, yeah. fit in very nicely with their philosophy given that Defensa Justicia well I'm going to say they play the Ajax philosophy of course but they try and play it out from the back and they try and play but, yes. good football let's say but that's something I, I well it's not that I had that Scarlini had to call up Sandra Martinez but it was one match that he played against one or two yeah it was in this most recent couple of friendlies wasn't it was it? a game against Venezuela and he was shunted between the left side of a three man defence and yeah. then to left back and it was all sorts of yeah. chaos going on. Yeah, I, th- I think it was the Venezuela game, and I think yeah. I have a feeling he might have played the first half of the Morocco game as well, but I can't remember. Um, I don't, no, I don't think he did because um, that was right in the middle of the title race. So I don't think. Oh, you're quite right. Sorry, yes, that's right. players played the second. Yeah, half. yeah, you're right. Uh, d- um, and like the resting players who didn't play either the first game or the second game, apart from Sarabia, who played in the second game after the Scaloni first said half was the second, second game, one. something like yeah. that. Yeah, and Saracho no, Sar- Sarabia didn't play any, either of the games. Saracho. Saracho came on yeah, in the right. second half of the second. And game. he yeah. fell in love with Montiel, and Montiel played only the first of the. Yeah. And he was useless. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Bud Bundy says are there any rumours on who the invited 2020 Copa America nations will be Could yes pull. Yeah, are they go I was on. just going to make up something go on make, make some up and um, I'll, I'll tell you who I've just found on Google Uzbekistan and Trinidad and Tobago yeah okay before Andres guesses his I'll give Andres a clue by saying Dan is not being quite cynical enough in his thinking really yeah wow sorry that so think about some some nations who have sponsorship deals with Comibol at the moment Quattaro. Yes, that's one of them. Well done. Again? Well, this year it's, it's Quattaro in China, isn't yeah. it? Uh, sorry, Quattaro in Japan. Yes. Next year the rumour is Quattaro in China that I've just found. Wow. Um, but there's, there's 12 months still, so we'll see whether anybody else can replace China in yeah. Commonwealth's affections. But Quattaro, obviously, Quattaro Airways have got the Copa Libertadores pitch side sponsorships <laughs> at the moment. I think they're putting in some of the prize money this year as well because the Libertadores prize money has gone up. It's three times what it was last year or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah we'll, we'll see but for the moment those are the rumours um, that's it those are all of the questions we have to do a s- quick rundown of the Libertadores draw of course oh we do yes. don't we bloody hell okay what we'll do is 
Oh, you're lucky I'm back. here, Sam. You would lose your head oh, if it on. wasn't screwed onto your shoulders. First of all, do we have a Fanatis sponsored moment of the weekend just yet, or an image from the weekend? I was mulling this over, and I think any glimpse of the gloriously permatanned and mulleted Nestor Gorosito celebrating a big victory has to be the image of the round. He was very, he was very happy after the Racing game. And can I just say, Dan, it, it's very noble of you as a Racing fan. To, to make that nomination it just, it's kind of hard to be angry at Gorosito he just seems like a a, a nice chap or Tigre or Tigre I yeah. think I've, I've liked him ever since I started following Argentine football yeah, I'm and, and still they're, they're one of they're one of the very very few Argentine clubs and I include River Plate in this who I struggle to find anything dislikable about um, but uh, yeah I, I would agree and of course Gorosito from Andres's and I and my point of view is uh, a river legend as well mm. um, and really a legend of Argentine football with that spectacular mullet which he's still mm. it, it's not quite as big as it used to be but he's no. still rocking it now but uh, the tan you, is deep the tan is it is very impressive indeed <laughs> uh, if you want to enjoy Nestor Gorosito with his deep mahogany tan and his wonderful lustrous mullet in HD both live and on demand then you can do so via Fanatis. Uh, you've got a seven-day free trial, by the way, which is something I forgot to mention before. Um, and 20% off your first three months with them. Go to fntz.co slash HOP and use the discount code HOP slash FZ. Or, if you're in the United States, HOP slash F... No, HOPFZ. Sorry, ignore the slash. It's just HOPFZ or HOPFZ um, for 20% off your first three months. Uh, check that out. Um, tweet them to let to, to let them know that you're going to wait until the start of the next season before checking it out. If you want to wait for the league football to start up again, that's perfectly understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the very least, please go to that link if you're outside Latin America because please. it helps us out. Uh, when we come back after this next theme music, Mystic Sam will be trying to predict the lineup for the final of the Copa Superliga. Oh, Which is well, no, actually, let, let's go for. The first legs of the two semis, because they're being played a week apart, so we're going to record again before the semis. I'm guessing you're going to be sticking to your prediction in in the two games tomorrow night. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I'm going to have to decide who wins tomorrow as well, first of all, which was a problem that we knew was going to happen last week, but I decided to do it anyway, so we'll see. Um, And we will also, very quickly before we leave, discuss uh, or tell you about the Copa Libertadores round of 16 draw. Don't go away. Okay, here it is. Before I get going with these, by the way, I'll just mention that I forgot to mention earlier uh, that shortly before we recorded, or possibly while we were recording, because I'm not sure what the kickoff time was, Huracan got a 2 0 win over Union de Sunchales in the Copa Argentina. So, congratulations, Huracan. This, by the way, is the round of 30, the round of 64, I think it is, of the Copa Argentina. It began on the. Do you know what date? 24th or 25th of February yeah and it still hasn't finished now they've still got two games to play after this game this evening yeah Racing haven't played yet at least I think there's a couple of other teams and then you get teams complaining as Racing do about fixture part I mean (laughs) what's wrong with just having a weekend apart and playing all or okay if you're going to insist on playing them in neutral stadiums I can understand how there might not be enough grounds that are sufficiently large Two weeks during which you play half of the fixtures one weekend, half the fixtures the other weekend. Bang, that's the round of 64 over. And, and apart from that, the... they play 
today Wednesday at 4 p.m. I think. Yeah. And as we've <laughs> just seen, I mean, I don't know actually whether you two were facing the television when it happened, but they just showed some highlights of it. Uh, and, and I mean, the stadium was almost empty. And the Venice stadium was empty there, and that was uh, Copa del Sol. That was the away end that we just saw, in fairness, but yes, um, indeed. Anyway, um, we have got two matches uh, on Thursday. We've got Gimnasia versus Argentinos, which is nil-nil after the first leg. And Boca Juniors versus Belis Sarsfield, which is also nil-nil after the first leg. And I think that the teams going through, obviously I predicted this a week ago, but since I've got to do Mystic predictions, uh, I get to redo these predictions. I think that the teams going through are going to be Gimnasia and Boca um, to go through to the semis. So you changed one, Argentinos to Gimnasia. If indeed I remember correctly and did uh, predict Argentinos last week, then I am changing it. Yeah, I I can't remember actually what I said, but uh, I think I am changing. Um, And then for the first legs this weekend... Actually, I don't know which way who, who are going to be the home team in, in these, so let's just very quickly check. Um, it's the team who finished. Man and Tigre and Boca or Vélez, I assume. Yes, that's right, because Atletico Tucumán finished fifth, didn't they? Yes. Tigre finished eight, uh, ninth. Um, so, in that case, the home teams this weekend will be Tigre mm-hmm. and, well, either Gimnasia or Argentinos, whoever gets through of either of those quarterfinals. Um, whoever wins the Gimnasia Argentinos quarterfinal will be the home side this weekend against whoever goes throughout of Boca and Belles because they both finish lower down the table um, so I'm going to go this weekend for match wins for I'm going to go for a draw in Atletico Tucumán versus Tigre mm-hmm. and in Gimnasia versus Boca Juniors which is definitely going to be the other match 100% uh, I'm going to go for Boca to win there we go and then we'll see you again next week for uh, a, a review of yeah, yeah. <laughs> of uh, Argentinos versus Belis and uh, a preview of two matches, which is a bit crap. Mm. But anyway, that's what we've got to work with. Uh, anything else to add? Oh, the Libertadores. Yes. That's what we're going to look for. And I've completely forgotten to get the draw up. Fortunately, it should be fairly easy to Google, you would think, wouldn't you? Just go with the very first result, which happens to be the website that you work for, Dan. Indeed. The Spanish version of it, at least. Uh, we've also got a tree. Quite nice. Oh, that's, that's a, I thought that was an image link, but it's not. It's a Facebook link. Um, right. The fixtures are as follows. River Plate play Cruzeiro. The first leg is in Buenos Aires, and the second leg is in Belo Horizonte. Liga Deportiva Universitaria de Quito. That's LDU Quito. They got a big uh, shout from upstairs. They did, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they play Olympia of Paraguay. I remember the Paraguayan sides did particularly well in this uh, mm-hmm. this year's group stage. First leg is in Quito. The second leg is in Asuncion. Godoy Cruz Antonio Tomba play Palmeiras. First in Mendoza and then in São Paulo. Nacional of Montevideo play Internacional. That's a very fitting yes. Yes. matchup, isn't it? First of all in Montevideo and then in Porto Alegre. San Lorenzo, who I keep forgetting got through to the second round of the Libertadores, um, play Cerro Porteño in the ultimate match of 
confusing kits uh, if they clash. Well, we have a repeat of San Lorenzo Argentinas, which I'm sure you must have mentioned last week. We did week. indeed, yes. 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 Uh, hopefully that won't happen, because if it does, then it will get really confusing. Uh, it will be very funny, another, though. First of all, in Bajo Flores, uh, or Buenos Aires, and then in Asunción, Atlético Paranaense are going to get sick of visiting Buenos Aires. Uh, before long because not only have they already played Boca Juniors twice in the group stage and are about to play River Plate twice in the Recopa one of match uh, of those the River's home leg has been suspended by the well postponed by a day due to a general strike when it was originally supposed to be played so it's not going to be played on the 29th of March it will instead be played on the 30th um, but they have to play Boca in the round of 16 as well they play first of all in Curitiba and then in the Bombonera Emelec play Flamengo in Guayaquil and then Rio de Janeiro. And Gremio play Libertad in Porto Alegre and then Asuncion. The first legs are going to be played in the week of Tuesday the 23rd of July, so quite shortly after the Copa America ends. Um, and the second legs are kicking off on the week of Thursday the 30th, so it's just one week apart. Remember, if you're in the United States... Um, you can watch the Libertadores live as long with the Sudamericana for which the second round was also drawn today but we're not going to take you through that because you're not interested no. um, you can watch them via Fanatis as well uh, thanks to their times with Gold TV and be in sport if you want those links one more time they are fntz.co slash hop and the discount code is hopfz for 20% off your first three months um, the big news, I guess, apart from the fixtures I've just read out for that draw, is that River and Boca are kept apart until the semi-final. And I wondered when that news came out whether that had been done deliberately. Not only does it keep them apart right now, but it also means that we can't have a repeat of the final, which I think Comebol had been dreaming of for such a long time. And then when it happened last year, they thought, no, this Be is a horrible mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Funny fact... Um... I read on Monday that uh, early in the day, Comnewell had done a test run of the mm. draw just to make sure all the procedures were in place, the balls weren't warm, or all yeah. the, I don't know what crap they do. They threw so up they two some, derbies, didn't they? Threw up two derbies. Um, the only two possible derbies, I think, River Boca and Gremio Inter. Well, I suppose Libertad Olimpia or Cerro Porteño would have also been all Asuncion ties. Yeah, but Olimpia Cerro Porteño is the big Paraguayan derby, the Super Clásico of uh, Paraguay, as they say. Yes. Yeah, and they both won their groups. Yes. So, oh, no, in fact, none of those would have been possible because all three of them won their groups. So, sorry, you're quite right. It was the only two derbies that were possible. And anyway, I think that uh, another final for uh, River and Boca in, in the, for the Copa Libertadores won't be that disastrous as, as the final we played in Santiago de Chile. I think Boca and River fans could do a hell of a lot more mayhem with both of them going to a neutral city <laughs> yes. and spending two days there before the game. On this note, by the way, I, I kind of I half missed the news. Uh, I got told about it shortly after it had happened, and I yeah. forgot to mention it on the podcast because it's not really relevant to, to us here. But we may as well mention it since this is a topic of discussion now. Um, that the Copa Sudamericana final, which had been phase, awarded yeah. to Lima, was changed for reasons I'm not really sure about to Asuncion. There's something about the stadium not being ready, or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. Must be something to do with corporate boxes or something nice. corporate, I would have imagined. Yeah. This is me projecting. Yeah. Um, anyway, those are the draws. The tree has uh, River or Cruzeiro. So River could meet San Lorenzo in the quarterfinals mm-hmm. um, if they were to get through. They would then, I'm looking down and trying to work out who the most... Well, obviously, we've already mentioned River could then play Boca in the semifinals. Other possible semifinalists would be um, Atletico Paranaense, Olimpia and Liga de Quito. 
On the other side, if Godoy Cruz were to get through against Palmeiras, they would face Gremio or Libertad uh, with Flamengo Internacional, Emeleco Nacional in the semis. There we go. So there you go. If we're going to see a River or Boca versus Godoy Cruz final in the Copa <coughs> Libertadores, uh, then those are the teams that the Argentine sides will have to get through in order to do it. Smashing. And on that note, we're going to leave you now. We're going to thank you very much once again for listening to Hand the Pod for another week. We'll be back next week, not only with episode 339, uh, but also with a full review of the Copa Superliga quarterfinals, uh, or the last two matches thereof, and of the first legs of the semi-finals. Uh, we're not going to have this ridiculous situation where we're reviewing half of it and not being able to review the rest of it. Um, and we'll see. And hopefully my neighbours will be a bit quieter next week than Dan's neighbours are being. This week, I don't know whether you can hear them in the background. I'm not sure how it's going to They're very happy about something. They're laughing, they're clapping. Yeah. Oh, we, no. we can only apologise and we'll explain. Say it's it's um, typical Argentine uh, ambient sound. Yes, say. indeed. Uh, yes. Hopefully the microphone Authentic. isn't picking them up, but it's picking us up. But I'm not really sure until I start to edit this, so it's hard to say. Indeed. Uh, and by the time I am sure, I can't really do very much about it. So I apologise for that again. Anyway... Uh, for now, thank you very much indeed. We're about to record Handapod Extra. God knows what we're going to talk about, but we'll see. Uh, and goodbye from Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. English down. Goodbye and thank you. And me, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>